Well, good day to you. It's Joel with the King Country dropping in to let you know that our brand new film, Unsung Hero, is in theaters now. It's Luke here. We've teamed up with the creators of Jesus Revolution to bring you this adventure of a lifetime. It's a powerful, true story about a family uniting, growing in their faith, and facing the impossible together. In theaters now, unsunghero.movie for more information. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Hi, I'm Dave Barnes. And I'm John McLaughlin. And welcome to Dadville. Dadville is a podcast where we talk about life, love, and the pursuit of awesome dadding. It's funny thoughts and deep talks. So please, enjoy your time here in Dadville and enjoy this episode with... Michael Phillips. We are excited today uh, at Dadville to have Michael Phillips. This just incredibly handsome well-dressed man way overdressed for this dad bill can uh, i can i just make a comment on the outfit yeah and this won't please be interesting do. for our listeners because they can't be. see you it may be but it's like your outfit looks great couple thoughts it's all blue and i love that i normally wear all blue i have a splash of color today because i have black <laughs> pants on right what i love is the 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 jacket Underneath the yes. blazer, yeah. that's pro move. That's a pro move. <laughs> that's a man. Who, that's a move that I feel like I couldn't do that. Well, that's a move a responsible man looks at the Weather Channel. Is what he does. <laughs> it is. may be just out of necessity. Unlike my kids, who every day, and when I say every day, I mean literally every day, throughout the calendar year, come down in shorts and a shirt. Wow. So his kids wear his boys wear soccer jerseys and yeah, what do you call uniforms? Every day, soccer uniforms. I have to tell them. I assume they put, like, shin guards on in the morning. Well, if well. we hadn't hit them. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, it's ridiculous. Like, this morning, it's, what is it, 25 today? Like, yeah. my third, who's home for the day with my wife, was, like, in a soccer outfit. And I'm like, no, I'm not, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You'll figure it out. Yeah. It'll happen. Uh, that, was a non, that was a non sequitur. So, uh, so I, Mike, we always start with reading uh, uh, the brag sheet, the bio. And this one has... Um, has its has its heft too. So, Michael Phillips is passionate about helping people live better lives. His determination to drive social change with lasting transformational benefits in society has led him to become an innovator and thought leader in social entrepreneurship and education. He is a founder of Life Prep and certainly, certainly, I'm, I can't even read your bio. Okay, <laughs> currently serves. I'm doing great as a chief engagement and fulfillment officer for the TD Jakes Foundation. A guy who's done a couple things in the world. Uh, as an author and inspirational speaker, Phillips has become a champion for children and families around the world. He is chairman of 50 Can and serves as a board member of Curious Ed. Did I say that right? Yeah, you did. Okay. That sounds like a really great MC name, by the way. <laughs> uh, his powerful story and message of collateral hope has transformed many lives and helped to revitalize community. He and his wife, Dr. Anita Phillips, live in Dallas, Texas. Uh, one of the things I want to say quickly is I also share this affliction of having a doctor wife. Oh, wow. Which is always fun when you get mail. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mr. and Doctor. I'm like, okay, that's a strong flex, everybody. It is. She always lets me know. She does? Oh, yeah. She'll oh, yeah. show me the envelope. Like, Dave, I don't know if you saw him. We got something to the doctor. Mr. and Doctor. And I'm like, they don't give Doctor of Love, or I would have gotten that. Um, so, so something we always ask is, like, how do you, when, when you hear that, the things that you're doing and accomplishing, like, how, how do you, how do you feel hearing that? Like, how does it make you feel? I, I always feel like I am on borrowed time. <laughs> wow. Um, simply because um, 
there have been, there were so many hurdles, so many barriers. Wow. wow. Uh, so many uh, difficult seasons, hmm. protracted seasons of difficulty. Yeah. yeah. That it's amazing that I'm sitting in this seat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's yep. just incredible. Yeah. That I'm getting to do the things that I'm doing. Yeah. And I'm very grateful. Yeah. yeah. Very grateful. That's that's incredible. Yeah. What what a great way to say that. One of the things that we're so excited about with this, and, and I, I laugh with John, I was like, I feel like we need to apologize for this because your story is so compelling. The trick of we were laughing about this with doing, you know, press tours and the things you're doing right now to, to promote the book, which is amazing, which is called Wrong Lanes Have Right Turns. Um, but one of the things that is so amazing about you is your story. And so we were laughing, I was laughing with John, I was like, how do we do this where we don't, like, he's, he's just got to tell a story. And you've done this a million times. <laughs> right. So I feel, because like John and I know it. Right. But, you know, a lot of these listeners won't. And so I'm like, it's just like, again, forgive me for saying, will you tell us your story? But there's just no better way to do it. No, no. Because it's cool. a great story. Yeah. You yeah. know? So I, don't, would you, I don't mind. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I'm here. Yeah. But I just wanted you to know that, like, yeah. we there's always a little bit of guilt because we know it. And yeah. I'm like, we could just ask a lot of questions. John was like, he just needs to tell it. It's just too good to not be told. Well, when so I, I was reading the book and I'm, like, feverishly taking all these notes and I've got all these questions about, like, the education system and, you know, your upbringing in Baltimore, all that kind of stuff. And then at the, I, I, I quickly become like so overwhelmed. I mm. came over here to Dave's studio this morning and I'm like, I think we just, he's just got to tell a story. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of us like gently guiding you through it. Right. And then right. the, the, let's talk about your teacher and the law. You're good. Great. Yeah, just, no, just tell the story. Yeah. So would you just sort of tell everybody? Your story? Yeah, absolutely, man. So I grew up in Baltimore, an uh, area called Park Heights. If you're familiar with uh, the Preakness race. Oh, yeah. Um, that's my neighborhood. I like that's your way of uh, white relate to it. Exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So I, fi- I figure everybody will kind of know what that is, right? As a, as a matter of fact, we were little kids. We would park the cars. No way. Uh, for Preakness High, you made a little extra money. Oh, that's amazing. Um, so you're like 10 years old. You're <laughs> oh, my God. It's like barely Parking stealing. somebody's car. <laughs> that's amazing. I love it. Uh, or somebody's lawn. And yeah. Some yeah, money. yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, but that was my neighborhood. Wow. And that's, you know, kind of where I grew up. And so... Uh, Baltimore is a city of neighborhoods, and what mm-hmm. I mean by that is, you know, you could be in a two-block radius, and it's its own little neighborhood. Wow. You go two blocks over, it is another. it's a whole nother wow. neighborhood. But you're, I mean, it's all in the same area, mm-hmm. but, you know, go on those other two blocks and see what happens. Like, really? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, wow, it's like, wow, wow. You know, oh, you're not from here. Like, dude, I live two, two blocks, blocks down the road. Jeez, <laughs> and that's kind of how. similar to our neighborhood. I was going to say, yeah, <laughs> squashing a lot of beef around here. Right, but. and that's how... Baltimore is, and and to its to its beauty, uh, it 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 brings a closeness, right, with mm, yeah. the people who are around you, but also uh, it gives you a lot of bruises at the same time, mm. right? And that was kind of my upbringing, mm. and so um, I want to date this because it's important to put this in context, right. because you know some people read my story and be like, you know, they give me the you know, the sorrowful eye, like, I'm so sorry. For, I was like, okay, this was like 30 years ago. Right, 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 <laughs> like, right, 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 like, right, right, right. <laughs> and so, um, you know, so this is, you know, the 80s, right? Mm. And um, there wasn't a lot of opportunity uh, for people who look like me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Growing up in that yeah. uh, particular area of Baltimore, um, unfortunately, uh, literally across um, the main 
uh, one of the main roads, Northern Parkway, it's a completely different community. Like, wow. you know, it's all Jewish community. Um, there's a beautiful uh, golf course called the Suburban uh, Country Club. Mm. We used to ride our bikes up there, and well, we used to ride our bikes up there to exchange our bikes for better bikes. Exchange. <laughs> yeah, I like that. That's very that well put. A, a community-run exchange program. <laughs> exactly. <you know? laughs> Literally community-run. Yeah. A bike land out in the yard. We just we trade. I've never heard someone so eloquently <laughs> put it. Exchange. <laughs> <laughs> we just exchange, you know. Like I don't want this bike oh, anymore. I'm gonna get that. Amazing. <laughs> so that's what we getting that mongoose. Uh, exactly. Yes. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Yes. And uh, so you know, I would ride. I would often ride up to Suburban Country Club and just look mm. at you know the golf courses and, yeah. and and people playing golf, and it was just like, what is this world, man? You know, what is this world? And then yeah. I would have to go back to my reality. Mm. And what, that, what were you thinking when you were looking at the? the golf course and the golfers and all that. Are, are you thinking like, I want to be part of that world? I, I, I kind of did because the greens look so yeah, lush uh-huh. and beautiful and I didn't have a yard. Right? Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. We had, we had a yard. It was just dirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, people trekking through it all the yeah, time. Yeah. It, it, it was so, cars. I was going to say yeah. it was a peak in this parking lot. Exactly. Line. Right. So, you know, it was, and you had an alley out back. That was it. Mm-hmm. You know, and so, uh, I wanted that. I wanted to see that green in front of my mm, house. Yeah. So that's yeah. why I would go and just look at it. Right? Wow. Yeah. Uh, and then also I wanted everybody was happy. You wow. Know? Everyone's Jeez. laughing, you know, just having a good time, enjoying life. Mm. Uh, and it's it's a few blocks away from my house. Mm, right. Okay. God, that's got to be <laughs> so bizarre. That's... Yeah. And I have to go back to, you know, uh, just working class families mm. trying to make it, trying to, you know, find the ends, let alone make the meat, right, right? Right, right. And do whatever they have to do to take care of their families. But seeing that reality uh, doesn't, didn't always look happy. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> or joyful. Right. right? Or, or carefree. Uh-huh. And it seemed to me that this was, as a little boy, looking at the two worlds, I didn't want my world. Wow, I mm. I wanted this different world, mm. but I couldn't access it. Mm. Right, so I would visit it. Yeah, wow. I would visit it and just look at it, and I was looking for what success looked like in my color. Wow, because I didn't see it. Wow, right. I saw it on billboards with a guy, you know, smoking a Newport or mm. pack of Cools or right, right, <laughs> from right. Crown Royal. Right, <laughs> you know, right. and you know, it was like okay, or an athlete, right. Um, so either I have to run fast, jump high, wow, uh, to access that yeah. world. Yeah. Was there any version of that? I mean, like, what what was the most, um, like in your neighborhood? What would have been the thing that you would have said this is the this this would be the standard of success in this in this neighborhood? So that's a great question um, because at first it was my dad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So my dad was that measure of success for me. He was that model of manhood. He was my hero. He was just mm-hmm. amazing. He mm-hmm. was a full-time truck driver and a full-time pastor. Jeez Louise. Right? Which uh, is one of the questions I have is just literally, how did your dad, I how did your dad do I that? I don't know. Because <laughs> <laughs> really he, so my grandparents, I want to give you the full context. My grandparents built a church from scratch. Like wow, literally. Okay. Like, In your neighborhood? Oh yeah, we lived next door. Oh wow! To huh. the church, 
Literally. Literally. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so so the church is here. Our house is, is here. Uh, uh, people can't see my hands. So yeah. the <laughs> They're mad. Sorry, everybody. They're mad at me. They're mad at me. <laughs> so they were in close proximity one right. to another, right? right. And uh, so we live next door to the church, which wow. which is a whole nother set of trauma because yes. <laughs> because yeah, yeah. when my dad started pastoring the church, he moved the Sunday school into our living room. Oh my god! And so I would wake up in the morning, come downstairs, you know, you know, just to get some cereal, and then they're praising the Lord. I'm like, listen, bro. <laughs> I just it's want some early. Captain Crunch, Crunch man. man. I feel that. I need some cocoa petal. And this is the '80s. This is '80s. You know, charismatic. We yeah. came out of we came out of Holiness Pentecostal okay. movement. Mm-hmm. My father uh, got a hold of Word of Faith and became a charismatic Pentecostal. Right, broke from denomination. Wow. And started the independent church in the '80s. Dang. And it became um, what would be today a mega church. Oh wow! Right. Yeah. So he has this mega church, which they don't have a name for back then. Yeah. And he's still driving his truck, right? Jeez so it was please. people everywhere all the time, and they were, I mean, the epitome of holy roller, like tamarind. And oh my <laughs> and gosh! <laughs> like you're walking through and people blessing you on your way yes. to breakfast. Like, bless like, Lord, bless if Lord. y'all don't leave me alone <laughs> right now. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. And so that's kind of the environment wow. I grew up in in my It's home. everywhere. It's everywhere. Everywhere. Right? Yeah. And uh, so when he died, at, I was 12 when he passed. And he had a stroke and a heart attack and he passed away. Uh, didn't it, take care of his body. Sudden? It was sudden. Jeez. He didn't take care of his body. He mm. was under a lot of stress. Mm. He was overweight. Wow. He had high blood pressure. Um, these are all the things that happened that no one could explain to me at 12. Wow. Right? Yeah, right. Mm. You know, so everything was God. Every you know, uh, yeah, the, it's Lord's will, and, and God gives that. And so I'm just like, yeah, that's a lot. I I couldn't reconcile that right the way he talked about God and the way other people talked about wow. God. I I could not reconcile the two. The two wow. And so that made me blame Which, God. Are you saying <laughs> his was a more tangible? Like you understood your dad's theology, yes, more than the the communities. Yes, because my father's theology was all about restoration. Wow. Other people's theology was more about retribution. Look, mm, brother. And so it Come was it was about Come you on. know God's going to punish you if you don't do this and if you don't do that. And my father was always saying that's not God. God is not punitive, right? And uh, when he left. Um, without me having an answer for why he left, all I could do was listen to the punitive view. Yes. Right. Right. Um, that God took him. Mm. Yeah. Right. Which is a punishment to us. Right. Wow. right? In that yeah. sense, Jeez. if if you if you take that theological framing. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, at twelve, I'm like, well, shoot, scrap that. Yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. don't have to deal with God. You. Yeah. <laughs> church or anybody yeah, yeah, else. Yeah. I'll do my own thing. Yeah. And that's what I decided to do. So the guys on the corner became my models. Jeez Louise. Yeah. They became my new heroes because that's what success looked like in my color. Gotcha. Right. These guys wow. had the car. They had, man, they had the gold chains. Yeah. They had, you know, back then it was tinted Cressidas and <laughs> and, yes. and uh, Trans Ams and, yeah. you know, with rims on yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I want that. That's what I want, yeah. And they loved me. Uh, they knew I was, mm. you know, the preacher's son. And they always looked out for me. Yeah. Wow. Like they wouldn't let anybody mess with me. 
Um, they give me a little money for running errands. Mm. Uh, but there was just one guy's name was Raymond. So my dad died. He really took me in, mm -hmm. like, like really. And just, uh, he owned a store on the corner that he ran drugs out of, oh, wow. right? But he was a very successful mm. man to me. Yeah. yeah. And he was nice. Yeah. You know, and he was always putting money in my pocket. Yeah. So guess what? Yeah. <laughs> I want to emulate that. Well, where where is your mom right now? Like, what's happening with her? Is she seeing this? So my mom, uh, you know, is is trying to grapple with. So let's go back. So my dad died. It sent a lightning bolt through my family, right? Yeah. And and you have a sister. I I am the youngest of four. Okay. Okay. So my older brother, two sisters, and it's me. Okay. So the day of the burial, the funeral and the burial, my brother, who was what sixteen, seventeen at the time, walks off. And I didn't see him again for like five years. What? Like he literally just walked away at the burial site and I didn't see my brother again for five years. He became addicted to heroin. Oh my gosh. And uh, my sisters dealt with it in their own way and my mother is trying to manage. Like hold it all together. All of that, Jeez right? Louise. Along with having to now provide mm -hmm. for all of us Jeez. in some way. And simultaneously, keep some shred of the church uh intact yeah right, right. so she's in the, into all of that mix and and actually she you know became the pastor that's oh, the whole wow. story Jeez, <laughs> and so when she realized like when she started to see me uh really embrace this criminal lifestyle she moved us oh my gosh she moved the whole family Took us out of the city completely. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, to your new, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, 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 new and we moved to an area, a, a suburb of Baltimore called Columbia. And Columbia is halfway between Washington, D.C. and Baltimore. Oh, it's gotcha. literally halfway mm -hmm. between both, both, both spots, pretty much. And it was <laughs> culture shock to me. Because one, I had never seen like if in my area, if you saw if you saw a white person, they were either a police officer or, you know, some type of social worker oh, wow. or, you know, a teacher or mm -hmm. perhaps a principal in the school. That was it. That was it. Mm. Or playing okay. golf. Or playing golf. Yeah. Right. You yeah, can go yeah. over to the Jewish side and yeah. you see everybody James playing Spice golf, or, and 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 you could see the Orthodox uh, uh, Jews, yeah. you know, doing their thing, and yeah. it was you know, kind of a part of the neighborhood, and it was yeah. all good. And um, that's what you saw. But in Colombia, it was like, what? You had to be one of like, <laughs> what is this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and it was like a utopia. It was, huh. you know, it, it was all different cultures, all different backgrounds. Uh, and I just wasn't used to that. Yeah. And uh, it took me a it took me a long time to you know acclimate to that environment. You know, as I, a kid. I, I, one thought I have really quickly that I think is important for me to remember, and I think probably a lot of people listening, is I think there's always we're gonna get to this in a second because I think this is one of those profound things that you say, but um, there it, it's easy to think, well, let's just get everybody that's in trouble, no matter the culture, nationality, out of the trouble. Right. Sure. Yeah, okay, that works. But what you don't realize is that these are our homes. Right. Well, the this way that you used wrote to. about your neighborhood, I thought was so beautifully written. I mean, you really, I thought you did a great job of, of really letting the reader in on how you felt yeah. about your home. Yeah. Yeah. All of it's like 
beauty and violence yeah. and all of that. And I remember reading about where you were talking about going to that corner store mm-hmm. that was like right next door to like the apartment complex where you never were supposed to go. Yet. Right. But And talking about how dangerous this was, but this was like the corner where like you yeah. saw like joy and you saw the people, yeah. you know, your friends and, you know, your your the guy Raymond, how like complex that was like yeah. he's not the he's the corner drug dealer but he's like looking out for you mm-hmm. and he was a good guy and yeah. he, it's just kind of complex like it's not that so. when you move out all of a sudden things are fixed yeah Th- that's yeah. the point like yeah, it's no. not like let's get this troubled kid out of his and man we get him in this nice little neighborhood and all of a sudden he's like problem solved fresh prince of bel-air like, yeah it's no. like that one he's, you know what i mean like yeah i think that's something we have to remember it's like it's not as easy as just transplanting no people out of things no because it take you know everyone wants a sense of belonging right? yes yeah and so the community gives you exactly no matter what the community is no matter what it is and so you move out of that sense of belonging yeah. into a new environment where you really feel like you don't belong. Yeah. All you mm-hmm. want to do is go back to, yeah. you know, the, the 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 space that you were once in. And yeah. think about it this way, you know, when we're all born, we cry. The reason we cry is because we're forced into a new world. Yeah. Right, we're right. coming out of a place of comfort to yeah. a place of dif- discomfort. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's how it feels when yeah. you have to move from yeah. everything you know. Yeah. Right. Okay. To oh my gosh, what it, what is this? Right. So, and, so were you? Oh, yeah. Go ahead. I was just gonna say and last point as you said in the book you didn't see anybody that looked like you which immediately is wildly uncomfortable exactly yeah yeah Yeah. so were you kicking and screaming did you did you i did i went out every time i got a chance i went back to my grandmother oh yeah like i i beat it back and then the church was still in the city so it made it easy for me to go you know what I am going to stay at grandma's. <laughs> yeah. And that way I can rip and run and do whatever yeah, I want yeah, to yeah. do. I yeah. so feel for your mom. Yeah. That. I mean, like, uh, what else could she do? The way you wrote about going down to the to the, the uh, corner store and how you were talking about, I forget the exact quote, but you were talking about your mom and you knew that this is not what she wants, but your concern was your friend. Yeah. And, and I'm like, that is what every 12-year-old is thinking. Exactly, because this is your crew. These are the these are the guys you run with. This is you know an extension of your family, mm-hmm. right? Right. right? And you know, for me, growing up, it was like me and one other guy, and and we were always the two ring <laughs> ringleaders yeah. around everything, and so uh-huh. a lot revolved around us, and and which gives you a lot of identity. It does. Right. It does, right? Purpose and... Exactly. And I felt that and I needed that because it was the only... That space was one of the only spaces that I had in my life where I I wasn't talked about as a deficit. Right. Wow. Good night. You know, where it was, it was, you know, it was just us and our thing and we got each other and we looked out for each other rather than the deficit narratives that were constantly yeah. projected onto us mm. our entire lives. Yeah, right. You know? well, so, you I remember you wrote in the book, you don't, um, what is it? Black men are guilty 
of being black men until they prove to society that they're innocent yeah. through Jeez, Louise. Exactly. athletics or through some... Whatever yeah. it might be. And so you probably felt like in this circle, I don't have to prove no, innocent. No, I can just yeah. be myself. Jeez. Um, and just be, you know, just be me, which was really, <laughs> I'm really lamb-like, right? Uh-huh. Uh, but I had to be lion-like to protect the lamb that I really was. Wow. Right. And um, and that's true for so many of, uh, of my friends. Wow. It's still true for some young men today. I met a young man the other day, just complete angry, you know, mean mugging. And, and you know, and I said, man, I see you. You know, mm. I, I see you because I was you. Mm-hmm. And I know what that is. Yeah. I, I know that's just you trying to protect you. It's cool. Do you do you yeah. think in, in in your community at that time and the kids you were running with like, you think that's a pretty simpatico thing with groups like that where you find kids like you who you're like, like I always love. We were talking to a guest the other day, he's a big football player, and you know he loves comic books. Mm-hmm. You know, like there these things that aren't really seen that are a little more lamb like, a little more sensitive, a little more artistic leaning. Yeah, and I think it's always so cool when you sort of. You got these kids doing this one thing, but then somebody's like, "Hey, um, <clears throat> I got," uh, and it's sort of like the first little, "Do you like this?" And somebody's like, "I mean, it's pretty cool." Right. 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 But do you find that in those sort of in that world, there those little links with people? Listen, absolutely. So I'll give you guys a little secret. I love musicals. Oh wow, that's like, great. Love them. Like it's not it's not many I have not seen. Wow. Um, you name it, I've probably seen it. Wow. <laughs> you know, even even the ones that you know weren't on Broadway. Wow, <laughs> it's just yeah. amazing. I love musicals, right? I love music. Uh, my father was a musician. Wow. Yeah. Um, you know, he played the piano. I used to play the piano, mm. the guitar, and the drums. Oh wow! Um, I was going to say you have to. Oh yeah, it's, it's a family yeah. business. I started off on the drums. Yes. Uh, at five. Yep. Uh, picked up the sticks and just started. Yeah, that's it. And. I played every Sunday. Yeah, yeah. That's what that's what I love. That's one of my favorite stories about fam, like family churches. Yeah. It's like you're in the business, young. Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah. Dad's like, <laughs> Let's you're go. On the organ today. Let's get it. <laughs> that's so amazing. And, and so you know, uh, but I used to have to hide that. Right. I also used to have to used to hide my intellectual curiosity. Man, you couldn't tell yeah. anybody that, that you was really interested in. Yeah in math or science yeah. or history yeah. um, that you actually read the assignment that you did the work. Right, right. Um, I would do the work and act and go to class and act like, yeah, nah, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I actually did the yeah, work. Yeah, did the work. Right? Uh, <laughs> what, that's such a, that's such a tightrope. <laughs> it is. It was crazy, right? Yeah. And I don't know if that's true today. I, I wouldn't know. My son would probably be a better person to ask about that, but, um, which he didn't do. Uh, but, that that was the world I grew up in, yeah. right? That was the environment I grew up in. And it led me to want to continue to uh, hang with Raymond and those guys mm-hmm. because there was no judgment. I got to be innovative. Wow. I, 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 I really got to try things. Mm-hmm. If I messed up, they had my back. <clears throat> yeah. You go to school, you make a mistake, you know, punishment. Yeah, yeah. Right. You know, but on this corner, if I make a mistake... Uh, hey, little man, let me show you how to do that. Yeah. Let me show you. Okay, don't do it like that. Do yeah. it like this. Yes. Right? All right, don't don't mess this up. Now, I'm not naive. If I would have messed up their money, 
yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There would have been some, yeah, some, some punitive. There would have been some punishment. <laughs> yeah. Right? right. But I was so um, uh, involved and so dedicated and and so um, curious about how it all worked mm. that they were eager to show me. Yeah. You know. Um, so you know, I boosted my first car. I was twelve. Twelve. I was twelve. Boosting my first car. Started boosting cars at twelve. And I could be in and out in about 60 seconds. That is amazing. And they told me how to do that. Yeah. Right? And, you know, so if you ever lose your keys. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> hey, Mike, it's Dave. I can just, help you. <laughs> just a quick flyover, real quick. I can help you. Yeah. And so, you know, those were skills that we were trading mm. um, because those were the skills that they had to use to survive. Now, I know that sounds crazy, yeah. right? Because in our culture of punishment, yeah. you know, don't break the law, yeah. right? Um, we get that. Yeah. We understand right. that. But they had to create their own economy mm. because right. there, was no, uh, there was no opportunity, right. um, regardless of how educated you were. Yeah. Um, it, it was just really, really hard. Yeah. That's not an excuse. It's just a reality. Yeah. Right. And so they created something where they could be entrepreneurial. Yeah. And um, I was interested in that. Well, I feel like so. a, a theme in the in the book is is you talk about dreams a lot, you know. And if you, I, I'm I'm forgetting the quote. Was it the Langston Hughes quote about like if a dream dies? A dream deferred. What happens to a dream deferred? But I, what I say is that the greatest injustice that can be imposed on the human spirit is uh, to rob somebody of its ability to dream. Ability to dream. Yeah. yeah. And so when you start, when we start taking uh, dreams from people, like yeah. my first grade teacher did to me, right? Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. To tell me what I can't become. Yeah. Because you, you wanted to be a lawyer, right? Old. Yeah. You tell you want to be a lawyer. I want to be a lawyer. Which was the assignment, right? It Everyone's supposed it, to say what It's the assignment, right? It's 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 career uh, day at school. They're gonna have some people come in and talk about their careers, and you were supposed to give your report on what career you would like to have. Yeah. And so my 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 grandmother was a huge Thurgood Marshall. Uh, yeah. I mean, just, you know, that's all she talked about was yeah. Thurgood Marshall, Thurgood Marshall. And so I heard about Thurgood Marshall, you know, since I was like two. And uh, I wanted to be like that. I wanted mm -hmm. to, to to be a lawyer. I wanted to actually, uh, for a long time, I still wanted to be a business attorney, right? Because wow. as I got older, I wanted to be Gordon Gecko. That's a whole nother. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> we okay. we got to come okay. back for that story. <laughs> but. But, did you see the whole movie? Yeah, <laughs> man, I did, I did, I did. But he was real cool at first, he though. First. He was like, he was, he was, he was it. He was gold. And yeah. I was just like, oh, I, yeah, that's that's a life I can have. <laughs> <laughs> and so you know, uh, so anyway, uh, I I always I kept that in me for a long time. And and but what Miss Battle did was to impose upon my spirit that what I believed about myself was not true. Mm, right. And that is detrimental yeah. to any human being. Yeah, yeah. And so, and it wasn't just a one-time thing. It yeah. was a, she is my teacher. Yeah, I'm with right. her every day. Yeah. yeah. And it's every day you're going to end up in jail. Yeah, this narrative. Right. You're going to, you know, you can't sit still. 
you, you have, I'm a boy. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> what right. boy sits yeah, still? Yeah. What are you right. talking about? Yeah. Right? And, you know, it was this constant back and forth with her for, yeah. you know, that entire year of my life. Mm. Um, and then I get to the next class, and it's kind of the same thing, yeah. you know, in second grade and in the third grade. It's the same narrative, and it's just like, okay, I yeah. get it. Yeah, yeah. And so, and so I said, I didn't even know that he was French. That's I said right to that whole crowd. Gee, <laughs> I was losing it. And none of them pressed charges. No, well, two, but okay. you know, we're that's that's still to be seen. You should oh. probably not say anymore legally. Oh well, here's well, you know what? Instead, let's just wait for the sound. Uh, there it is. There oh, it man. is. Yeah. That sounds like a bat signal for unlocking your entrepreneurial dreams, mm. doesn't it? Yes, it does. And you know, today's episode is sponsored by Shopify, Dave, yep. which is the commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. Sorry. Yeah, no, I I agree. So I, I, I was, I'm a little here? distracted. Okay? Yeah, I, I was thinking about the pending, potentially pending charges and everything. Oh, uh, right. Le problème. I, yeah. wow. I don't know if that's true or not, but I'm, I'm back. I'm getting my head in the game. Okay. John, <laughs> Shopify simplifies selling online and in person so you can focus on successfully growing your business. John, yeah, it begs the question. If you had a Shopify shop online, mm -hmm. what would you sell? Oh, easy. Okay. I would sell audio copies of songs that okay. I wrote and yep. play on piano. Love that. Sing. Yeah. Yep. I'd also sell clothes with my name on them mm -hmm. along with pages and pages of dots that show you how to play said well, songs. It is inc yeah. that's incredible. Well, now's the time to start that project, and I have a feeling that you already have. That's, that's just right. gut instinct, John. You have it, and you can't help that. You just know what to do. <laughs> Listen, packed with industry-leading tools ready to ignite your growth, Shopify gives you complete control over your business and your brand without having to learn any new skills in design or code. That's right. Dave, what would your Shopify store sell? Yeah, um, and you can ask that. I sort of should have seen that coming. Um, okay, I've narrowed it down to two different paths. Okay. Let me know which one you like. Okay. Okay, one. Left-handed paintings of all of my f favorite Arsenal players. Okay. So, because the right ones would be too good in detail. Just to get, you know, just, and they get more artsy that way, okay? Well, right-handed paintings, we're done with those. Oh, those God. are so 2022. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And impressionist. It, we, we could digress. Yeah. Or, or, I would okay. crochet custom beanies with your favorite dragons. I mean, literally, John McLaughlin's Actually, favorite dragons. My favorite dragons. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, you're going to run out quick. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm impressed with the time that you've thought about <laughs> The, that answer. Yeah, uh, I'd go with the beanies, probably. Okay, okay. Uh, the weather's been crazy around here, and I can't tell you how often I wanted a beanie with either Toothless or Maleficent on them. Oh, you know? Well, that's it's always going to come down to those two, it isn't always it? always does. <laughs> yep. Knowing you. What's incredible to me about Shopify is how, no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify is there to empower you with the confidence and control to revolutionize your business, slash, take your business to the next level. That's right. Now it's your turn to get serious about selling and try Shopify today, people. Mm -hmm. Sign up for a $1 per month trial. You heard that right. $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dadville, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash dadville. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. stretch that far that's amazing i can't that's actually a friend of mine <laughs> oh, yeah. wow wow do you speaking of your friends do uh -huh. you ever bring your kids to the grocery store oh dave that's like the rookiest of rookie mistakes oh. no in fact you shouldn't even bring yourself to the grocery store whoa 
It's Thrive Market all the way, Dave. That was a trick question, and that is also the uh. right answer, John. <laughs> Thrive Market is our go-to for all our grocery and household essentials and the convenience of ordering everything on their website or app and getting everything delivered to your doorstep quickly is a huge stress reliever. Huge stress reliever. And the products are amazing. Mm-hmm. Plus, you can curate your own shopping experience with a few clicks and trust that you're getting high quality products mm. so that you can shop worry free. Yes. I don't like to shop worried. You know what <laughs> I mean? Ah, worry shopping is the worst. <laughs> <laughs> you just place an order for some gluten free items, like using the gluten free filter. Ooh. Boom, it just gives you all the gluten free stuff. Wow. I got Fit Joy Grain Free Pretzels. Yeah. P I P corn white cheddar cheese balls. Guys, for those of us in the loop, it's called Pipcorn. No, no, no I call it. PIP, it's a, again a Midwestern okay. regional thing. <laughs> totally. And I got some Lotus ramen noodles. You are off. You're just off. The, you're, I'm off to cra- the races. You are Dave. crazy, John. <laughs> Not only do I save time shopping as a Thrive Market member, I also save money on every single grocery order, over 30% each time on average. That's crazy. They even have a price match guarantee and a deals page that changes weekly. That's right, Dave. In fact, on my last order, not to be you know competitive about it, but my last order of gluten free items, the cost was four. $46. I saved 11 bucks. <sighs> I saved 10 last time. Plus, when you join Thrive Market, you can enjoy it and join it, John. I was trying to make both those it's words It's not work. an either or. It's, you can, guys, it's choose your own adventure, okay? <laughs> and when you join and enjoy Thrive Market, you're also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. You join, they give. Save time and money and shop Thrive Market today. Go to thrivemarket.com slash dadville for 30% off your first order plus free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash dadville. Thrivemarket.com slash dadville. And join today. (laughs) So I say right to him, right to him. Of course, that's my sheep. Just look at the eyebrows. And perfect Mandarin. Perfect Mandarin. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And this was all on your 10th birthday. <laughs> yes. Ninth or 10th. But yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, ninth. Yeah, it's not as good of a story. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I mean, that story, some people are going to say that's impossible. Mm. Not me, yep. but some people. But yep. you know what is possible, Dave? Okay, if you're about to break the news about an Oasis reunion, my heart can't handle it. Nope. <laughs> oh. Nope. But close. Oh, wow. Okay. It's totally possible to give your kids the right type of vitamins. And that's where today's sponsor, Haya Health, comes in. And listen, guys, in an exclusive scoop that we are just breaking now, that's right. we both have young kids. We do. Yep. Haya fills in the most common gaps in modern children's diets to provide the full body nourishment our kids need with the yummy taste they love. Now, while most children's vitamins are filled with five grams of sugar and can contribute to a variety of health issues, Dave, we both know that, yep. Haya is made with zero sugar and zero gummy junk. Yet, it tastes great and is perfect for picky eaters. Okay, just real quick. Yeah. We are for sure not announcing the reunion of Oasis, right? Just some. Sadly, no. Okay. Yeah. Just make sure. Just okay. make sure. You need to get over that. Okay. Okay. But your kids will be super excited to take their vitamins because Haya is pressed with a blend of 12 organic fruits and veggies, then supercharged Ooh. with 15 essential vitamins and minerals, including vitamin D, which I know you love, mm-hmm. B12, which you love even more, mm-hmm. C, zinc, I'm not even done. Yeah. Folate and yeah. many others to help support immunity, energy, brain function, mood, concentration, teeth, bones, and more. I don't see making bedtimes easier or 
eating their vegetables on this list. Am I, am I missing something? Well, let's file that under brain function. That's fair. Right? That's but fair. get this. If you head to HayaHealth.com slash Dadville, now this deal is only for Dadville listeners. I can already okay? tell it's going to be a good one. Okay. Come on, come on. If you head to HayaHealth.com slash Dadville, you will get... 50% off your first order. Five zero, Dave. <laughs> Mic drop. Mike, can can you and I get in on this deal too? Yeah. Yeah. But you got to use your alter ego. Okay. Brad Venus. Okay. That's yeah. fair. Listen, that's HayaHealth.com slash DadBuild to get 50% off your first order and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Well, it really oh. puts a reading that part of your story you know it it puts just a different lens over the whole thing and one of one of the quotes that dave and i were talking about earlier this morning how we were saying like this is a quote that everyone should know and everyone should you know put into practice every day it was you said be careful when you have a easy answer to a complex problem yeah and it's so easy you know you know for people who that was not their experience. They grew up seeing all kinds of examples of people, prominent people in the community or whatever, who looked just like them. Mm -hmm. And they go to a school where their teacher looks like them and they're encouraged by their teacher, all that kind of stuff. It's like the system's working for them. Mm -hmm. And in your situation, you go, you have all these dreams, you have all this energy, just like any other kid has aspirations and creativity and all that kind of stuff and the the situation you were in the school was not fostering that that was not a place where that energy had any was welcome yeah. and on the corner it was welcome exactly yeah exactly i mean even today right um the education system as we know it doesn't really personalize education it's still right. one size fits all right right uh, and that is not the real idea yeah. of education, right? right? The idea of education is to pull out the innate potential that is within. Mm. And each individual has their own unique potential, yeah. right? And learning styles, right? right? And creativity. Um, and so since we only believe learning happens in the classroom, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, it it kind of uh, negates the power of of that um, you know intellectual curiosity that each child has on their yes. own. They come with it, right? Right. They come out doing why you know and touching stuff and figuring stuff out because yeah. that's them trying to search for what they have, right? Mm -hmm. And to learn their environment in their world, and so it would be phenomenal if we can just bring back the creative nature oh. of the concept of education within our school system. Mm. Uh, I, I think it would look completely different for a lot of children and then the system would work for more kids, Yeah. right? Uh, because ultimately that's the goal. Yeah. And it just doesn't work for every child right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And for it to work for some and not for others yeah, it's that doesn't work. Well, and it right. just perpetuates exactly. Well, and, and you know what I think is so cool about your story. And I know I'm fast forwarding a little bit, but like that, your incarceration, which which happens when you're 19, 18, 18, yeah. Okay, um, that education is what comes back into the story. Yes. To how, it's redeemed. It's redeemed. To your dad's point, like exactly. there's redemptive 
it's it's for such a long time it's more restricted and and then you know the judge says to you like here's your choice yeah it's crazy how that happens. Like, that, that's just a great me. movie. It is. It yeah. will. Well, <laughs> it could be. You need somebody to play you. Anyone look, listening? I look, I look great on camera. You look I'm great just, on camera. Yeah, you can see some issues. That, well, I don't, whatever. Let's don't get that. Okay, let's, let's. Yeah, so, you know, to, to give everybody the, the context of, that, of, of some of that story. So, you know, I become this athlete, at, you know, 12 years old. All of a sudden, I find out, oh, my gosh, like, I can hoop. <laughs> Like I've never just sidebar. I've never had that revelation. No, continue. This is where you lose us, right? Yeah. But go ahead. Right. Yeah. And and um, you know, I, as a matter of fact, uh, I played. Uh, I went out for Baltimore Youth Games, and uh, Baltimore Youth Games is like AAU. Okay? Oh yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. So so before AAU, it was the Youth Games, and each city had Youth had Games, yeah, yeah. right? And so. I went out for the Baltimore team, and you know you got like a hundred guys oh, I'm, trying who, out who for like play, I'm sure, twelve yeah. spots, and everybody can play. Yep, yep. And it's my first time doing anything like that, you know, just raw. And you know, everybody's telling me, "Dude, you're not going like yeah, yeah. these cats came out yeah, with yeah, a ball, yeah. okay?" Yeah. <laughs> like <They're> you know, <laughs> this one guy is twelve, fourteen now. This one guy, he's like six five. Of course, you know, at of fourteen, course. he's six yeah. five, yeah, 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 yeah. right? And so <laughs> I'm like, all right, but. I get down to like the last 13, 14 spots. Dang. And it's me and this other kid, uh, it's Juan Dixon's brother, Phil. Uh, Juan played for the University of Maryland and he played in the NBA. Half these guys actually played I was gonna say, in the NBA. Yeah, yeah. Literally. And so um, the coach comes and, and sits me and his, Phil's brother, uh, me and Phil down and says, hey guys, you're not going to make the team, mm. but you're going to be alternates. Oh, wow. And he let us practice, you know, the whole year. We didn't get to travel, but we did get to practice. Wow. And he told me, he said, for you to just be starting to be where you are, you know, you're you're gonna you're gonna be on here one day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then my mom moved me, which was like so which means I couldn't play in the city while I was hot. (laughs) But anyway, it's a whole other subject. (laughs) But 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 I I discovered a part of me. Um, that helped me to kind of step away from that criminal world for oh, a wow. second. Oh, yes. And then, so that energy goes there. So I, yeah. I took all of that anger, all of that energy, and I put it into sports. Wow. So I ran a 4-3 and a 40. Jeez Louise. Right? I had a, like, 40, uh, like 44-inch vertical or something like that. And, uh, yeah. like, if you put a pin, if I can't do it now, but if you would have put a quarter up on top of the backboard, I could grab it. Jeez. So that's the equivalent of my of my of me jumping, and I was this size, yeah. okay, at seventeen, yeah, you know, sixteen, uh, that fast. Um, I'm only about fifteen, sixteen pounds larger than my playing weight. Wow, uh-huh. um, when yeah. I was you know that young. Dang. And so. <laughs> so coaches were just like salivating. Oh, yeah. Well, man, especially so. like, were you going to school at your new neighborhood? Yeah. So I was, yeah. I was, uh, first my mom sent me to private school because she, she sent me to a public school in, in Columbia. I got into a fight first day. Yeah. You know, and then so she was like, okay, uh, <laughs> we're yeah. going to put you in a private school. So she put me in private school. And that was fine. Uh, I did, I did well there. And then finally, my senior year, I begged her. I said, just let me go to this to to 
you know, this public school because all my friends were going to hoop that year and we were going to be really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were like top 15 in the nation Damn, that year, back then. And uh, we went all the way to states, lost. Was yeah, again, little, little some trauma from that. Uh, <laughs> <the next> <laughs> but, you know, we were really good. And so the difference of how I was treated as an athlete compared to how I was treated as a student yeah. was insane. Yeah. I mean, just. And, the and how did you insane. how did you feel in the moment? I felt that? all of the praise was disingenuous. Wow. Right? Because if I wasn't dunking on somebody or if I wasn't, you know. It was um, conditional. Yeah. yeah. It, you know, mm -hmm. if I stop performing. Yeah. You're going to stop praising. And it was all based on my performance mm. athletically. And it wasn't until my senior year that an adult in school actually told me I was intelligent. Wow. And it was my athletic director. Yeah. Wow. And this man loved this. And now this, he's a white guy. And he was, I mean, the smoothest white guy I ever met in my life. Like he was like Sean Connery, James Bond oh, looking yeah, yeah. cat. Right. Yeah, yeah. And he was like. I don't know. It was just something about this man that just it, I could feel his authenticity. Oh, I could wow. feel, you know, his genuine love for me as a human being. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. Me. yeah. And he would every day, the moment I got to school, before he even saw me play, he just you know came and talked with me and you know kind of because I only had one class that year, my senior year, mm. and he just he helped me to see the world in a different light. And he really, he doesn't know it, but he helped me also to deal with some of that anger that I had, right? Because mm -hmm. I, I kind of just brought some of that down and for the first time became a part of this community. Uh, yeah. yeah. Right? Uh, instead of just being a loner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I embraced it a little bit. I embraced the school spirit, you know. I'm, you know, going down to the school paper and talking to people. And I'm just doing the things that a normal kid would do. Yeah, in right? a community. Yeah. In a community, yeah. right? Yeah. And uh, and so it was my senior year where he sent me, and I cried. He, I'll never forget it because he pulled me into his office and he told me that I could, I was academically eligible to go to college. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he was just like, dude, you're smart. Like, look at your grades. Mm. And I was like, I don't care about no grades. <laughs> he was just like, okay. He shut his door and he says, listen, mm. you don't have to go to college on a athletic scholarship. You can go to college just based on your Jeez. intellect, your merit. You've, you've earned the right. He said, you qualify. And I teared up. I cried Man. in his yeah. office because I couldn't believe what I was hearing. Uh, and he then brought in all these letters from all of these dang. different colleges, you know, offered me scholarships, wanted me to come do visits. Jeez. And I was just like, oh, my God. I mean, it was a box. <laughs> wow. And I took them home, and I started going through them. And so I'm calling the schools, and I'm setting up college visits. It was really fun. And... um I wind up going to D1 school to play ball. Um, and the summer before my first, my freshman semester, uh, I decided to go home just for a couple of days to hang out with some friends. Uh, so I'm 17. Uh, I was gonna be a true freshman and probably start Jeez. as a true freshman with Big E's basketball, right? And I go home for this visit 
and we go out all night, we hang out. And, and when I became an athlete, well, first of all, I, I need to make sure I put this in context. I never did drugs, like mm. ever, mm. because I was too, there are two problems with that. The first one, what <laughs> makes sense, I wanted to be aware of my environment at yeah. all times. Yeah. The second one is, is less pleasing. Uh, I uh, am too vain to mess up how I look. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, listen. Hey, whatever keeps you going to say. I want all my teeth. I yeah, want, yeah, yeah. I want yeah, my face yeah. to look the yeah, same. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't want to look jacked up. I'm yeah, sorry. Right, I don't. Right, right. And so, and, and that's why I never did it, right? Yeah. And, and so, uh, um, you know, so no one was drinking or, 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 or doing any drugs. Mm. It was just we partied all night, right? And we decided to go to a, an amusement park the next morning, which was a few hours away. So we had the bright idea at five in the morning after being. That's at, those things are never synonymous. Yeah, you know, I just remember bright idea. I remember reading that part and thinking like, God, this is such a young man's game. Oh my gosh! Five a.m. like. Uh, you guys want to go to an amusement park? That's like you, hours you away. You could put a nineteen-year-old yeah. in that room, and they would be like. I'm only two years. This just doesn't feel like it. Guys, I'm pushing 20. Yeah. I think I'm going to head home. Yeah. (laughs) And it was like, and everybody was like, yeah, let's do it. I'm like, bet. So we all get in the cars, and like a few people were like, I'm going to run home and grab a change of clothes. I'm like, man, I'm good. Yeah. And so me and my friend, we were like, we were in a little 300 uh, ZX. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, red 300 ZX. I think they're all red. With the T-tops, right? <laughs> I don't know. I've ever seen those. And um, we jump in the car, and, and we speed off, and we're going down the road. And I, I put the seat all the way back, and I pass out. I'm gone. And then next thing I know, I woke up in the hospital. So what happened was he fell asleep behind the wheel. Uh-huh. And on that stretch of highway, there's, like, um, these uh, the rocks that come all the way down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we hit the rocks okay. really hard, and then that spun us all the way across the highway to the guardrail. The guardrail was there, obviously, because there's a deep cutoff, right? And the 300ZX got caught underneath the guardrail. Oh, dang. And we hit the guardrail so hard that the seatbelt, now, I had no airbag. This is how far we're going back. Um, he had an airbag. There was no passenger airbag. The seatbelt contraption came out of the wall socket. Oh, dang. That's how hard we hit the guardrail and literally just exploded across the face of my chest. My lower torso got caught underneath the dash of the car. My upper torso went through the windshield. Oh, my gosh. So basically, when they found me, half of my body was in the car, half of my body was out of the car. And I woke up in the hospital. So you don't remember any of that? No, I don't remember. All I remember is hitting the rocks and trying to figure out, because we started spinning, and I was trying to figure out what was going on. And then it was just a boom, and I was out. And uh, when I woke up, I was on a board, and they were rushing me um, into... I guess with the surgery because I broke my tibula and my fibula. Oh, yeah. Uh, my kneecap. Uh, they said it was shattered. It wasn't shattered. It was actually uh, just um, dislocated, mm. right? Um, and my Achilles snapped. 
three toes were broken and a few bones in my foot, which is fractured. Was it all your right leg? All my right leg. Wow, okay. My entire right leg. And I had a bunch of, you know, 15 stitches yeah, yeah. in my arm, lacerations all over my face. And um, so here I am, you know, I open my eyes and all I, all I can see is, you know, this movement and I'm trying to figure out what's going on and they're getting, you know, lifting me off of this board onto a bed and I can't feel anything, like nothing. So I think I'm paralyzed. Uh, then they put me out and, you know, so I wake up, you know, I guess hours later and um, I'm in the bed and, you know, my leg is all up and it's, you know, all casted up and everything. And I'm in a lot of pain. And I see my mom and everybody crying and the doctor comes in and he tells me, you know, son, you're never going to walk, probably walk normal again. Dang. Um, and you're certainly not going to play sports again. And that was devastating. Man. <laughs> that was devastating. Um, but me being me, you know, I, I went through the rehab, I went to the recovery. The the recovery was harder than the than the than the actual, you know, mm -hmm. uh pain mm -hmm. yeah. of of the the event. Uh the recovery was difficult because um it was a constant reminder that the passport I thought I was gonna have to the world is no longer valid. Right. And I attach my identity to being an athlete. Right, right. Now, well, it's like the move that you did when you were 12. It's like, all right, now you got to have a new identity in this new place. Exactly. Then, you know, right. nine years later, you got to have a new identity. Right. Who am I going to be now? Mm, yeah. Right. And will the world accept that version of me? Yeah. Right. Which was terrifying. Mm. Yeah. It really was. Mm. Um, it was. It was terrifying because I lost my scholarship. I got kicked out of school. Doing the recovery because that's when I started drinking. So I drank every day. Dang. Every day. <laughs> there wasn't the orange juice and vodka was my breakfast in the morning. And I just chugged vodka every day. Dang. Um, just to numb myself. Yeah. And I got kicked out of school, obviously, because I didn't go to class. And I went back home and tried to snap out of that. And some friends took me out to try to snap me out. And at that particular night, I ran into an old friend who, similar story, not quite as drastic as mine, but lost his scholarship, football scholarship, over some incident. Now he's back home. And I asked him what he was doing for money. And he said to me, I'm doing what I got to do, which I knew meant, okay, you're, you're hustling. So I had saved up $5,000. Wow. Right? Well, you know, you blew some cars and you, yeah, you make some money. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, yeah. some stuff, yep. right? Yep. So I had saved up $5,000. That's what I had to my name. And I, we, I went in with him as a partner and we bought a, a Kia Cocaine. Dang. And uh, we bought a Kia Cocaine for about $16,000. And the next thing I know, the craziest year of my life <laughs> uh, happened because we went from, you know, he was just selling like, you know, very small 
portions of, of, of drugs that he was getting from this guy. Yeah. Um, I made a phone call to a friend that I knew that was really, really uh, heavy in the game. And so um, that's how we got the key. And before we knew it, when we flipped that, next thing we know, man, we're, we're moving heavyweight. You know, we're, how, how much is that worth? A key of coke? On the street, yeah. <sighs> About $100,000. Yeah. Uh, depending on how many times you cut it. But the thing we did was we, we didn't cut our dope because we wanted to have a, a, a more powerful product so that we could control the market. Right, because we knew everybody was 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 cutting their drugs, and we didn't want to do that. Uh, and then on top of that, we started selling crack, so that made it even better because it's you know it it goes a long you know that key goes a long way, right? Yeah. Um, and this was the height of the crack epidemic in the country, and we were, I mean, we were rocking. So what we, are you doing with that money? Uh, you're flipping it, man, because it's honestly. Going back into a lot of it. Yeah, because, and then you're spending it on dumb stuff. Yeah. You know, clothes, cars, girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically. Um, and Your then 401k we, isn't booming. No, there's no 401. <laughs> there is no 401k plan for drug dealers. There is no benefits, no dental. Sure. It's <laughs> yeah. the opposite of dental. You're no, man, you don't get none of that. So, so, so what do you think? How are you feeling through that year? Are you feeling like, like I'm curious as when you were a kid and like you're seeing Raymond on the corner and, and this is, are you thinking this is like a viable option in life? You know what I mean? And, and when you're that year, when you're buying that kilo, are you thinking like, well, I'm just going to my plan B, you know, this was always an option on the table kind of thing. It was, it was a few, few internal feelings. Uh, one, it was, I was scared as hell. The whole time? The entire time. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I just was terrified. And I, um, I gotta ask this yeah. because of, this is the other part of the scare question to address for you. Your periphery is, and always is the church. Yeah. So is that, is that is the spirit in there messing with you? Is that a part of it too? Is just that sort of spiritual oh, yeah. thing that's happening? Where oh, you're yeah. like, you know what you're doing is... I don't belong there. I did not yeah. belong in that yeah, world, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. At all. Yeah. I did there, there was no reason for me to be there other than me believing this was the only yeah, path the only for me. Path, yeah. Right. And um, to, your, to your question, yes. There's a constant tug and reminder even from people. Oh, and where's your mom? Like, what's she, what's she doing? So right she's now? there. So this now his, the story's going to get worse, people. So here. <laughs> Buckle up. You thought it was bad now. So my mom is still forcing me to go to church, right? So I am, I'm, I'm old enough to say no, but love her too much to yeah, do that. Yeah, yeah. So and is she aware of what's going on? She's not aware that I'm selling drugs, but she is aware that I am pretty much not myself. Yeah. Right? Because I became so dark and just so yeah. um 
and, and when you're going to church because of the community and it's tight knit, do people know what you're doing? No, they don't at all. Okay, so you're not walking in with people like mm. no. Side no, eyeing you. No, I'm going. I'm I'm still Mike, the church boy. So are you putting um, on that face when you go, oh, oh, okay. So here's where it gets worse. Okay. I started using church as my cover. Wow. I got real smart. I went to church every Sunday. I started playing the drums again, uh, volunteering, uh, got a job, uh, and just was on the up and up, mm-hmm. you know. The whole time. On the the whole time. And nobody knew. I mean, nobody knew. A few friends knew. Man. But, but is nobody. It, now, this is a random question, but you're, for better, let's clientele. They're not physically around that area. They're somewhere else. No. And I'm on a different, I'm on a completely different side of town. So, and, and that's obviously very purpose. Exactly. Okay. okay. So when we And decide, that's why that cover works. Yeah. So when we, when we created what is called Schoolhouse Rocks. So... You are kidding. The branding is genius. I know it's terrible, but it's also genius. (laughs) Right. So we took over an abandoned school building on the east side of Baltimore. It's even punny and literal. Outside of this (laughs) abandoned school. Double down on the brand. Exactly. Right. And then we had about we had about four or five houses across the street that we controlled. These are these were working addicts, people who worked every day but were on drugs. And so we just basically paid their rent or mortgage. And we had stashes within their basements, and then we gutted out all of their basements and connected them. Bro, uh, wow! And then we this hid an operation. We hid the drugs in the ceiling of the basements. So this is—I I just got to say this. This is what blows my mind about <laughs> that stuff. Is like the amount of intellect. Exactly. It's right. just misguided. Right. But right. it is so impressive. I mean, I know it's terrible. <laughs> it is. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, any businessman, I don't care who you are. Yeah. I don't care how judgment, you walk into the situation, you're going to be like, these people, this, this is impressive. Yeah. These people have some good ideas. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. So we had the corner store up at the top of the block. So this, this, is, this is Madison and Collington on the east side of Baltimore. So you have John Hopkins Hospital yeah, yeah, yeah. right here yeah, yeah, yeah. on the back side of it. Right, you have uh, Madison Avenue, and Collington is a one-way, one way in, one way out. There's a corner store, which is perfect for us. I was gonna say. So there's a corner store, and then there is, you know, this abandoned building, and then there's the school. Then across the street are nothing but houses. Right, sixty percent of those houses were not even occupied. Right, and so now you have all these abandoned homes easy for us so you might have abandoned home abandoned home somebody lives there abandoned home somebody lives there abandoned home abandoned home abandoned home somebody lives there wow so we started to take care of the houses got false fronts on them fixed them up got it out the basements and so we had tunnel system. Dude, <laughs> this is insane. Um, Wait, yeah. are you? And, 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 and I mean, and this is where I am about to turn into the most stereotypical white guy. But <laughs> are you having to worry about your safety? Like every movie I've seen, I don't know that life, but I yeah, just know, because like, are you are you carrying guns? Are you guys like? Is yes. That a thing? So we had security. Oh my gosh. We had our own security, but we also had protection. So the reason why we were able to do this on the east oh, side you're paying somebody to... is because the, really the main drug in Baltimore at town was heroin. Okay. The guy that was probably one of the largest heroin dealers ever um, allowed us to come over there to sell crack because it was good for his business. Okay. Because with every downer, 
you need an upper. Jeez mm. Louise, man. Okay. So it was collaboration, basically. Are you having to pay him anything? Yeah, he got a percentage. Golly Moses. We man. got protection. And nobody messed with us. So you so so it wasn't something where like yes, you had security, but you're not well, maybe you are. You stressed all the time? You're stressed because you don't know what rogue individual is yeah. gonna snap out on you that day and just try to, you know, jack yeah, yeah. you. Right. But the thing was, I was never on the corner. I was you're either deep in it. Yeah, I was either in the, uh, one of the vans. Um, see, we started to branch out, really branch out. And one of our friends, he had an electric company. So we leased his vans. and As covers. We would just sit in the vans as lookout. So our security was sitting in the van. So we <laughs> took turns. Like my brain. We took turns. <laughs> this is insane. In a rotation, four of us. Mm -hmm. um, which were the four leaders, and we took turns on who would sit and watch the, the, the block that day. I mean, is your, is your heart rate at that point every day just like? Nah, because really, it's just it's an open-air drug market, man. And, and in Baltimore, they're everywhere. Yeah. So, so okay. it's okay. not like, you know, as long as, if, okay, here's a lesson in running drugs. <laughs> okay. This has never been settled. <laughs> okay. This is, so, this is sorry, really sorry Danville people. Yeah, yeah. This is, everybody's <laughs> leaning in so hard right now. Never be in the same place as the product. For real. So you can be in proximity, <laughs> but don't be word. in the same place. So wherever they're cooking up the drugs, you just need to be in proximity. Just don't be in there. Yeah. If it ever gets raided, if it ever gets yeah. stormed, whatever, you're not there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so that's that was our, you know, policy. Yeah, mantra. Basically, in the the crew, we had about sixty guys working for Good. us. Sixty, six zero. Sixty, and uh, it was a little slow operation, and it, it happened like this. And. And I, I mean, I guess that's why I'm terrified of Smurfs. Like, it's not, it's not even logical. It's just an abject terror. Why do you keep dressing up like the Smurf, then? I guess it's because if I have to look at myself, I have to deal with it. But I just ter I'm terrified in the mirror every morning. <laughs> every morning. John. Right. Okay. Can I get out of my Smurf? smurf uh, no, please. It helps. Okay. It helps. Okay. It's just itchy. No. Anyway, Dave, I know we didn't talk about this at all last okay. week. At all. But mm -hmm. do you have any New Year's resolutions or Okay, well, well, just first of all, we did talk about it, and so I guess one of my oh. resolutions for you is maybe you listen better, but I actually do have some more I, I didn't talk about. So your um, New Year's resolution is to get me to listen more? When you put it like that, yes, okay. honestly. Um, okay. Here's some other ones that I didn't all talk right. about earlier because I was kind of scared to say them, but I'm just going to let them out. Here we go. This I want to learn how to speak Klingon, okay? Two, okay. I want to read exactly 27 books, John, in, this year, and that's not 28, and it's not 26, 27. Mm. And I want to finally... Finally figure out the chords to every song on the 1973 Frampton's Camel by one Peter Frampton. Wow. Yep. How refreshingly specific, Dave. You're welcome. Well, one of mine is not to listen more, okay. but it's to hydrate more. <laughs> and listen, Dave. Yeah. Liquid IV is the perfect place for me to start. Oh, no. I don't know, John. Afraid of needles. I don't know if you know it's called trypanophobia. I never know if I'm saying that right. Trip. You are saying it exactly right. Okay. But good news. <laughs> no needles are required here, oh. Dave. Liquid IV is an award-winning hydration brand that fuels your well-being. And okay. the hydration multiplier 
is the one product you're missing in your daily routine. Okay, I, I heard IV and I got nervous. Okay, yeah. but yeah. that sounds great. I'm in. I'm in. Talk to me about flavors. What are we talking about? Three words, Dave. So many flavors. Okay, okay. they yep. have Concord grape, Ooh. not just grape. Concord, Concord. grape, <laughs> lemon lime, not just lime. Mm. Lemon lime, pina colada, not tropical just colada. Okay. They, we got a lot to get here, okay. Dave. Let's <laughs> so just stay focused. Thought we had a little hook tropical there. punch, watermelon, strawberry, passion fruit. Passionate passion fruit, mm. guava, acacia berry, mm. etc. That means there are more. Okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> no, okay, uh, okay. Check this out: one stick of liquid IV uh-huh. in 16 ounces of water yep. hydrates you two times faster and more efficient than water alone. Is water overrated? Ooh, hot take. That's a scorcher. That's a scorcher, John. <laughs> Listen, it's made of premium ingredients, non-GMO, and free from gluten, dairy, and soy. And to date. Liquid IV has donated over 25 million Whoa. servings in 50-plus countries around the whole world. And guess what? I'm ordering some right now. Get that Concord grape in my guts. <laughs> well, I hope you use the incredible deal Liquid IV has for our listeners, Dave. Grab your Liquid IV in bulk nationwide at Costco or you can even get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code DADBILL at checkout. Oh, okay. I guess I'll have to order more. Yep. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code DADVILLE at liquidiv.com. So, yeah. so, okay, just for the sake of time, because I could literally I know. I could ask you a hundred <laughs> questions about this. And the fact that you are sitting here today as... As this fully yeah. realized human is, but how, how do you get? So where does where does the where do you get arrested? What happened? So we got caught really because we became. Then two things happened. One, we started to say. I started to say to myself, guys, this is not going to last. Okay, it never does. What are we going to do? Yeah, we have to scale up legit. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we have to figure it out. Nobody wanted to do that. Nobody wanted to stay there. So I said, all right, I'm going to do it, and I'm going to find me out, right? So my goal, my plan was to get a quarter of a million dollars and, you know, basically relocate. And I started, I met these girls um, who work for an, an entity. I'm going to keep all the names out of it. And they had access to information from people who were recently deceased. And so... So I'm sitting there listening because they're just talking, you know, loose lips and ships. And they're sitting there talking. And I go, really? So I give them $5,000 for a name. I said, give me a name. Give me all their information. I'll give you $5,000. And they did. And it checked out. Social security number, birth date, everything. And the person had just passed away. And so then I took that information and I applied for credit. In that information in that person's name and voila you got you know fifty thousand dollars twenty thousand dollars fifteen thousand dollars a hundred thousand just depends on the person of capital and do whatever you want with it right because no one's going to pay for it and um that became my thing well they got caught by the feds oh the girls yes oh and then that's right so then the feds were building a case, but not just against us, against the heroin dealer. Uh-huh. So they're putting all of these pieces together. Now, 
we don't know we're being investigated like this, right? Yeah. Um, not to this level. Some kid running from local narc police, okay, just randomly runs into one of our stash houses. One of my closest friends, we called him Showtown, one of my closest friends starts blasting off at this kid because he thinks he's coming in to rob us. But he's running from just narc cops, you know, for a dime bag or something. Yeah, yeah. They come in blasting. My boy's blasting back. They shoot him. Oh, my God. He, he lived. He didn't die. Okay. They shoot the kid. Uh, officer gets shot. And I find out. I get paged, and I'm like, dude, we got raided. I'm like, what? So me and this, my partner, we decide we don't know what's going on. And so I, I asked, I said, where are you at? And he says, listen, man, I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a hit out of Dodge for a second until we figure it out. I said, all right, I'm going to do the same. We'll get up later. Well, all of this starts to bring down the federal case because now their case is, you know, in jeopardy because we're not operating. So they decide to just come scoop everybody at that moment. And they're getting uh. names. And so they already had our names. Oh, oh. They had all our information. Dang. And they just didn't have all the pieces. But um, they had enough. And so they raided my mom's house uh, because that's where I was living. Oh. Right. You know, technically. And they raided her house. And so my mom calls me. But now, there was nothing there, though, right? No, 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 no. Oh, yeah. yeah. Never keep your product. <laughs> Dave, Dave, you're not listening. <laughs> Never keep Lesson your product at <laughs> the same place yeah, as yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, Don't yeah. do that. And and so because it's, if you have nothing, then you yeah, there's yeah, no yeah. charge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I never had drugs on me. Yeah, yeah. Ever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so uh, when they raided her house, my mom called me in complete tears. I still, still get knots in my stomach when I think uh, about that, mm. um, and because I, I can only imagine that, that, that this is her finding out for the first time. Right. What a way to that find out. her son is, Your house is you know, related. a darn, you know, not just a drug dealer, like, you know, <laughs> a darn racketeer. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. And so I was already, I went back to my job where I stashed money. Um, I had a locker there and I kept money in that locker. Um, and I had like $50,000. And just a cool fifty. <laughs> and I jumped in my car, took the money, and I was hit itself, right? Because I was trying to get to Cuba. Oh dang! Wow. Um. Yeah. I was. I had a passport and everything, dude. I was. I had a strategy. I had an exit plan. <laughs> like Holy exit. Holy cow! Stra- how do you get out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And so, you need a stash. You know, you don't never know somebody's gonna come throw you in the trunk. You know, this sounds horrible, but, yeah. you know, ransom you or whatever. So you need some money. So that was my stash. I kept it at work. I just got to pause. This this, this is one of the things that blows me away as you're telling the story is these are just the normal things you got to think about. Mm-hmm. That That's, you, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, you're not thinking about, like, what, you're, you're thinking, okay, obviously, got to have an exit plan. Okay, what if somebody kidnaps me? Like, that's what you're having to think about. This is the equivalent of, like, 
You know, you want to make sure you have like a little fire extinguisher <laughs> under the sink. <laughs> it's the world. And so it's it's the world you're in. You can't dabble in that world. Yeah. Right. Or, or yeah. You right. have to be all in or not. Yeah. yeah. You know, if you dabble, you're done. Yeah. Okay. Um, because somebody's going to get you. Yeah. And you, you, you really have to just jump all in, which is why most people don't make it. Mm. And so anyway, um, I jumped in my car and I decided to just get, get down to Florida. I can make it to Cuba and I can just hide out. Yeah. I can I can live decently with this 50k yeah, for, for a minute. minute. Yeah. Okay. Until I figure out my next move, right? And I had out of the money, out of the stash money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is the quickest I could get yeah, yeah, my yeah. hands on. So I'm like, all right, cool. You know, we'll we'll figure it out. My mom calls me on a Nextel two way. Okay. So this I is remember those. Remember those? <laughs> yes. So my mom hits me up on a Nextel two way, and she's like, "Baby, where are you at?" You know. I said, Ma, I can't talk. Get off the two-way. I'll call you later. <laughs> you know? And um, she's like, no. Turn around. Wherever you are, just come back home. We can face it together. And I said to her, I'll never forget it. I said, there's no face in this. If I face it, I'm done. I said, so I'll call you later. So I was at a Bob Evans. Okay? I'll never forget it because I, I had to get something to eat. And I was already in Virginia by this time. Okay, I was going to say, you, you, you're, so, yeah, yeah. I'm gone. Yeah, 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 yeah. Out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no looking back. Yeah, yeah, uh, Because that's what you got to do. Yeah. Right. You got to, you know, when it's time to go, it's time to go. Time to go. And so I get in my car, and I'm at this very busy intersection on I-95 going south. Uh, you can either go to, like, towards Virginia Beach, or you can keep going towards Richmond. And I get in my car, and... For whatever reason, I decide to turn around. God, dude. And I'm going, you can't live this way, Mike. Mm-hmm. It's federal, dude. They're going to find you. Yeah. yeah. And then it's going to be worse. They're going to find you. Jeez Louise. And then I said, you don't even know what they have. Like, you don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. You should at least lawyer up. And go back, right? And so that's what I did. Dude, what, in, in that I, moment, I, are you thinking? Thank you. I, I, I'm gonna have to be do jail time for the rest of my life. No. So here's my thought. I don't have a record. Uh huh. There is no violent offense. Yeah. I was not in proximity to any drugs. So, so all that's a part of your thinking. Like you're familiar enough with what the are they going to prove? So you're yeah. dri- so you're driving back. You're you're not thinking I'm busted. You're thinking there there is a chance this could shake out to where I'm okay. Exactly. Okay. So what I'm thinking is okay. God. Who do they have? Who's going to talk? Right. So are you trying to find this out on the drive? Like are you? No, I'm just thinking through okay. it because I knew my I knew my boy was gone. I knew Showtime was shot. The the must this guy we used to have he was the muscle he was our security he was actually shot and killed but that he was shot and killed over a girl it had nothing okay, to do okay, with okay. it was all it had nothing to do with what was going on with yeah. us he got into some arguments okay I have to ask a couple story. questions when they raid when Showtime and the and the kid gets shot do they 
do they rate? Do they have access to all your houses and do they rate all of them? Yeah. So hey, do they even know where what they had there? Did they know where they were? So the feds did. But the, but these local the cops narcos didn't did. Know. Oh, okay. See so this. Man. Yeah. The, is, the this narcs, is a movie. The, the narcs knew nothing. Yeah. Okay. So, so <laughs> one more question because I got to know how this is. Obviously, good. Here, but, like, <laughs> for everybody listening. Um, so, you're in the car. Do you know they've raided all your houses? Yeah. When you're driving back? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, I know that. Here's what I know we got raided. So, at first, it was like, who did the raiding? Right. Then, when my mother called me and said the feds raided her house, I said, okay. This is the feds. Yeah, this right? is. Yeah. They got us, right? And I'm like. Which, well, which you said contributes you going back. You're like, this isn't low level. Like, I'm dealing with. They're coming. They're going to find it. It's the federal government. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where, are the you Where are you going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. There's no running. Yeah. Okay. They're going to get you. And um, so I said, okay, let me just go back face the music. No record. Not a violent offender. I, I literally have no dealings with the criminal justice system. Okay. Um, you know, other than, you know, a few instances in school, right? Yeah. Um, and it was also criminal. How good you were at basketball, but I digress. Right, 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 right. And so, and so I said, okay, all right, let's, let's just figure it out. So I, I got a lawyer. Uh, we decided to, to turn myself into the Howard County Detention Center, this cream puff local jail, right? <laughs> so you, sorry, I got to know these details. So you get back to town. Yeah. You go to your mom's place. Yep. Y'all sit and obviously have some kind of conversation. Do you, do you yes. fess up to her? Yeah. So you, she meets me at another Bob Evans. Oh, look at you, man. And, thinking about this. And she, I said, meet me at. Because they would have had people at her place. Exactly. I said, meet me at Bob Evans. Okay. We'll sit and talk through it. And I told her everything. We and, should have Bob Evans sponsors. And she, she cried. Oh, bro. How hard was that conversation? She cried so hard at that table. The last time I heard her cry that hard was when my father died. Oh. And so it was, it, I felt like less than nothing mm, yeah. that I did this to my mother and that I did this to my family, that I did this to my grandmother and all the people mm. who sacrificed yeah, right, for yeah. me to have a chance at life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I felt like nothing. Mm. And so she said, baby, we're going to face it together. And she sucked up her tears and Man. did what mothers do mm. and somehow encouraged me in that process mm. while she's dealing with her own pain. Jeez. And um, so I told her what my plan was. I had already contacted an attorney. I said, don't, you don't need to give me any money. Um, we're going to try to get bail and you know, whatever the bail is, I'll get it posted because I got the money. And she was just like, well, how do you, you know, now she's like, well, how do you have this? And how do you, I'm like, we'll talk about that later. Right. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, so my attorney says, listen, go to Howard County Detention Center, turn yourself in, do it over the weekend. You'll be out by Monday. So I said, bet. Tell me, tell me this. I'm <laughs> sorry. I have all these questions. What is what is best case scenario as you and your lawyer talking? Best case scenario is you go in, they go, oh, you, we have you connected to these houses, mm -hmm. but we actually don't, like, they can't substantiate that claim in a perfect world, or or, or they go, hey, you give us some tips, well, you you can 
it's all hearsay because what they, all they had was me, all they had was me in pictures with, you know, so a few a people. So a good lawyer's like, exactly. So you're so you're you're thinking <laughs> that they I can get out of here. Okay, okay. I'm thinking that I'm gonna do a few days. They're gonna ask me to to talk. I'm not gonna talk unless they're gonna charge me whatever they're gonna charge me with. You know, I'll let the dice roll. What what was the risk um, in not turning yourself in? Uh, the, if I didn't turn myself in, um, it would have gave more time for them to build a case. Ah, okay, uh, I okay. got you. I got you. It, it, because now they got witnesses. They got the girls. Okay, they they got a lot of our little guys. You know, these guys are going to flip on you because you know who's going to yeah, do yeah. ten years? Yeah, yeah. You know, right. over. You know, like no way, right? right. So, so. I'm thinking, okay, if I can get out in front, yeah, okay, of that, I might be okay. I might do a year or two. Yeah. I, oh, okay, I, okay, I can live with okay, that. Okay, yeah, I can okay, live with that, right? Okay, it's okay. not that bad. Okay, right? Since I, I mean, you know, think about my story. You know, lost my scholarship. You know, in some pain, made a few bad choices around some wrong people. Da 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 da. Yeah. So that was the, you know, what we thought. So here I go. I turn myself in. Uh, they, you know, process me and all that good stuff. You know, take your fingerprints, take your picture, uh, and put me in jail. So I'm like, you know, this, you know, this ain't this ain't nothing. Next morning, it's a Saturday morning, Fed show up, Mm-mm. transfer me. Oh, you're like this wasn't part of the plan. <laughs> this, well. I'm like, what's going on? I'm like, call my attorney. Get it. They transfer me and they ship me to this place called The Cut. That doesn't sound that doesn't sound great. No. It's <laughs> it's Shawshank Redemption on steroids. Oh bro. man. It's it's not a game. Yeah. And then they put me in a twenty three seven cell. Twenty three seven just means that you can't come out your cell but for one hour a day. Dang. And you're on lockdown basically. And the charge is a Rico charge. What does that mean? So this is for racketeering. Um, it's the a RICO charge is what you give to mob bosses. Oh my gosh! That's what you give to you know. Um, you it's know, like a heavy cartels. Oh my yeah. gosh! You know, it's Jeez. thirty years to life. Michael, that's the charge. What's the moment when you yeah. found that out? I found out that that morning. I mean, what are you thinking? I'm thinking I'm done. Yeah. Because if you built a RICO case against me. You have all the evidence you need. Yeah. You oh don't. My you don't build that case without the evidence. Right. So what? Do, what else do you have? You guys have to have it all. So this is it. This is game yeah. over. For you. Game over. Game over. And and when they put me in that twenty three seven cell, totally different experience than the jail, right? Right. Prisons and jails are two different things. Yeah. So I was in a jail. Yeah. They shipped me to prison. prison yeah. And when they shut that door. The eerie clank of that door. It's a sound you'll never forget. Yeah. Uh, so you're looking around the cell thinking, this is the next 30 years of my life. I'm thinking that my destiny is going to be written on those center block walls. Golly, yeah. Moses. And, and so how long were you in that Six prison months. cell? Six, Six months. Six months of pre-trial detention. That's not even actually. Oh gosh. Pre-trial. So you don't even, this is six months of not even knowing what your fate is they wouldn't they would they did not bail yeah. so i couldn't even post bail yeah um they cited that i was a flight uh 
a, a oh, flight yeah, risk. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, I'm like, I'm 18. Where am I going? Yeah, like, I don't, I'm not John Gotti. <laughs> like, where am I going? And so uh, the whole thing really was, was that they had this case against this heroin dealer. They had an oh, informant from him. The big guy you referenced. Exactly. That's what they really wanted. And so they had an informant from his team telling everything. Oh, yeah. my gosh. And that's how they built their case. So, you know, um, the good thing for me, though, was, as true things, um, I was never seen exchanging anything with him. Okay. There was never any, um, even though we were in business together, there was never any proof, tangible proof of okay. that. Um, so it was just a word of the witness. Okay. Um, but in in the Fed's eyes, I was a small fish that they didn't really care about. Huh. But 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 you don't know this though. Not at that time. So so so. So this is you, in hindsight. I'm. What are you right? doing every day? Like how are your days spent in that scenario? Um, you know, a lot of push-ups and jailhouse squats. Um, Gosh. I mean, are you uh, reading? Like, can you have books and stuff? Or only book I had was the Bible. For real. So, and what was that? What was that like? Are you reading? So I talk about it in the in the book, right? That you know, I accepted my plight. Yeah. Because I did it. Right. And if this is the outcome, so be it. And it took about three or four months before I picked up that Bible. Mm. So you would, you would just literally sit there? Yeah, all day. Just sit there? Mm -hmm. I can't imagine something worse. Yeah. In this little cell with a little bit of light at the top. Um, with a lot of time to think about my life. Where it went wrong. How did I get here? Um, yes, I had choices to make. And all that wonderful, all those things that we talk about in our wonderful world of rugged individualism. <laughs> um, but it wasn't, it was not, it's, you know, to oversimplify that mm. would, would be an injustice. Mm. Right. Um, I had a lot of trauma that was never acknowledged, mm. ever in my life. And I sat there thinking about those things, mm. the stuff I saw things I was exposed to, mm. um, how hard it is to become what you never see, mm. Mm -hmm. but how easy it is to become what you're always exposed to. Mm. So being exposed to this world constantly mm. was easy for me to do right? because it was in my world. Yeah. Um, and I saw people that were successful, quote unquote, yeah. in it. Yeah. So I figure I can do that. Yeah, yeah. So, so what? Ha so, so you're in there six months. Yeah. So six months pre-trial detention, and I, the reason I I, t I call it pre-trial detention is because I'm not charged yet officially. Yeah, that's crazy. Officially, there's been no arraignment. That there's, <laughs> I'm just being held in this facility until there is the arraignment, the charge, and then a trial date. Hmm. You okay. Gotta wait longer. You gotta wait longer, right? And this could take years. Jeez, that is so crazy. This could take years. That's the system, right? And, and so 
you know, me and my smart self, I'm thinking that's going to be the case that's going to work in my favor because yeah. they're going to give me bail. I'm going to post bail. It's going to be like two years before a trial. By that time, I could figure a whole lot of stuff yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, right. Yada, yada, yada. Right. That didn't happen. So here I am just sitting in jail and uh, contemplating all of the scary things that one would contemplate there, right? Are they going to put me in gen pop, general population? Mm. Uh, somebody going to come at me. If they do, I'm going to have to take care of my business, and, and now I might be in here longer. longer yeah. um, all these things are wrestling through my, my, my mind. And so they didn't do that. They kept me isolated. And I started to read the Bible again. And in reading the Bible again, I could hear my father. I could hear mm -hmm. his voice. I could hear his preaching. Mm -hmm. Some of that hardened heart began to soften. Mm -hmm. um, and I could feel God again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just feel him again. Mm -hmm. Feel his presence again. And and I didn't pray. I didn't get on my knees and go, if you get me out of this one, I, I didn't do that. Right. I really didn't. I, I really just said, okay, God. You, know, you would accept it. This is it. Yeah, I did it. This is it. This is this is this is what my life is going to be. And and how can I now have? I'm I'm I'm, I'm such a forward thinker. How can I have a life after this? Right. Right. Depending on how much time I get, what are my next steps? Okay. And that's where my mind was. Yeah. So on a Sunday, the CEO, correction officer, comes and, and gets me out of my cell. Now nothing happens on a Sunday in jail. And so I'm thinking, we had had some words, uh, me and the CEO, a few times. And so I'm thinking, I'm about to catch a beating from this guy. Like, he's taking me somewhere to, to, yeah. to, to, to give me the business. Where there's no cameras, yeah. Right. And so he's not talking. He's not saying anything. And I'm chained. My, you know, my, my hands and my feet are chained, and they're linked together. So, you know, and... So now I'm trying to think, how can I defend myself mm -hmm. in this posture and how, how I'm going to use this chain? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Right? And that's, that's, those really were my thoughts. And then I see the van, and he puts me in the van, and I'm like, where am I going, man? And he's just like, man, just go ahead, get in. So uh, the next guard takes off, and I'm in a van by myself. So I'm thinking, am I being transferred again? Okay, um, you know, uh, there's stuff in my room I didn't get. Like, what's going on? We wind up going to a federal building uh, in Baltimore, and they take me to the judge's chamber. And the first thing I notice is that the judge has no nameplate, which is weird to me. That is weird. Mm -hmm. Right? And he had a picture of the Vitruvian man. Uh, you know, da Vinci's Maturian man oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, on over his desk and so I'm sitting there staring at the man now my attorney's there the uh, prosecutor is there and there's this other man there I don't even know who he is and you know I say hi to my attorney and, he, and he's like you know just relax it's okay and I'm like okay judge comes in and seconds later sits down says son you can either go to jail or you can go to school. <laughs> Which one do you want to do? Was that the easy, easiest decision you Which ever one? And I were said, you like, well, is it a D1? Right. Or what, what are we talking about? <laughs> right. Like, well, you know, you know, 
It's like, how's the food at the cafeteria? <laughs> What's the dorm look like? Right? Where is it just nationally? <laughs> right? Is it coastal? Right? Yeah, I'd love some beach. <laughs> and I said, I want to go to school, sir. And he said, he said, this man, is this guy, his name is Bill Owens. He had this program uh, that he went around the country helping young men like me, Jeez, young people like me, please. go to college instead of go to prison. And he had this partnership with Oral Roberts University. And so um, he was there. And he had already went to my mom's house and, you know, uh, got all this information and so forth. So, so the judge actually had all of my college letters and stuff. Oh, my wow. gosh. Right there. And he says, I heard you quite the athlete. And he talked about my life a little bit. And he says, we're going to put you in this program. And he, he didn't, he, the thing I love about the judge is that he did not belittle me. Yes. Yeah. He yeah. didn't even yeah. berate me. He, he just, he told me, he said, this is a chance of a lifetime, son. Mm. Jeez. And he, he, he told me to not throw it away. And that was it. He didn't go into some deep, yeah. long, yeah. you know, That's explanation, yeah. a point of finger. He yeah. didn't do that. He just said, you know. This is what we want to do for you. And to me, him not having a name and that Vitruvian man over his desk was was almost like God saying to me, This is my this is how my grace works. Oh, this is how my grace works. Yeah. There's no explanation to grace. Yeah. At all. Yeah. And isn't that how we come to God? Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't belittle us. He doesn't berate us. He just says, here's an opportunity. Man. And it's up to us to accept it. Yeah. And I chose it that day. And it changed my life forever. Golly, Moses. <laughs> forever. That's insanity. Okay, so let me, let me say this, because I'm thinking about your time. I will. I will put this out. This is what I think we should do. If you can, yeah. I think we, we... need three more. <laughs> <I'm telling you. laughs> Let's like, do it. Let's do it. This is what I think we do. I think we call it because you got to do this thing. And then if you're cool with doing a remote, because we do everything on remote, Absolutely. we got to get part two. Absolutely. Because yeah. we have a million questions. Would we'll love to do it. Is that okay? I would love to do it, dude. That is absolutely. That is like absolutely. <laughs> that is insane, man. Yeah, would we'll love to do it, man. It's just, you know, it's my life. Um, and, and, and perhaps there's somebody with, with similar, you know, dealings or perhaps just can relate in some mm. way, shape or form. Mm. But um, there's so many parts to our collective stories. And I say in the book that at some point my story could have been told by a million different people a million different times simply because trauma and suffering and pain, they're all common. Mm. Right. It's a human experience. And. Um, Often we don't lean into that human experience because we're so busy, particularly Christians, trying to be spiritual. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But if we, with this is what we have to realize. Just now, I'm speaking to Christians, right? That you, you, you're not a human being trying to have a spiritual experience. Mm. This is where religion gets it wrong. Mm. You are a spiritual being first. Yeah. That must have a human experience. Yeah. And in my human experience. The person that God created, okay, uh, breathed life into, uh, 
had to take this journey to discover that part of himself, uh, that I was fearfully and wonderful to me, mm. that God put me on this earth for a reason. Mm. And through my experiences, it brought me back to him. Mm. Uh, and it's okay. It's, it's okay. You know, the thing, <laughs> I was talking to his friends about this yesterday, just like how we get so wrong, you know, to your point, I, I think like you cannot read that Bible that you had in your cell and the Bible, you know, that we read and, and not see that as consistent. That is, yeah. all the heroes of our faith and the heroines of our faith are all s stories that are actually more like yours than not in a lot of ways. Absolutely. And, and yet God doesn't blink an eye in his wanting to use those people. Yeah. And it, and I think that is something that grieves me that the church doesn't really lean into enough is that we really want to focus on the strengths of these people and forget the weaknesses when I think God's like, no, the story doesn't make sense if you do it that way. Yeah. That's not what I do. Right. Like I'm not going because not Michael's, he's going to have some people we'll just deal with it. He's like, no, this is my guy. Right. This is Dave. This is John. This is, these are my people, mm -hmm. and I use all that stuff. Yeah, you know, none of it scares me, none of it shocks me, none of it discredits the story. You know, it, it's you a know? It, for the cross to be the hallmark, yeah, image of our faith. Yeah, should tell us. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's not a wallet that God it's is not, not like, it's afraid not a golf course. <laughs> yeah. of the mess of life. Right. That's it, man. You know, that's it. For Christ to be crucified between two thieves, yeah, okay, yeah, should tell us, yeah, that it's okay, and He offers both of them eternal life. Yeah, yeah, it, yes, <laughs> yes. After all how that, how do we not think about after that all every that every single day? After all that, yeah. you know, yeah. you're preaching, yeah. right and there. they're guilty. Yeah, yeah, as can be. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like Isn't that great? wow. Isn't that great? So, you know, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for my story. I'm grateful for uh, the God that I serve. And I'm certainly grateful to share uh, some of this uh, with you guys and your audience. <laughs>